as an infant, a baby growing inside of you, however you're breathing, however you're moving or not moving, the level of stress that you're carrying around, your baby is soaking all of that tension up as well. So that was the first thing that I learned in my first pregnancy and what made me go to yoga three or four times a week was that I realized how important it was, how I was influencing this growing little person inside of me and that if I showed up for myself, then I would be showing up for them better. Welcome to Blood, Sweat, and Breast Milk, where we talk about all things motherhood. And today we have Kea and Kanoki from Moms at Home of LA. We're very excited to have you. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. We are in the Mar Vista area. Yes. That's like right in between Venice, Santa Monica, or where exactly? Yeah, it's a it's a very artsy community that nestles. It's sort of neighboring Culver City, Venice, Marina del Rey, um, and Playa Vista. So we're like sandwiched in between all those little communities okay. on but the west side. West side. And how long have you been here? We've been open for a year and a half. Wow. Okay, so very new. Yeah. But it's exciting. Yeah. Because this is a great area. Yeah, we were lucky to, to get in. It's It seems to be popular right now. Like the real estate is going really fast. And then it is a pregnancy yoga studio. Yes. Okay, and so what is that exactly? So what that means is that on any given day, there's a pregnancy yoga class happening here. Okay. Um, and we serve women that are conceiving, that are looking to conceive preconception. Once they're pregnant, we're, we support them the entire duration of their pregnancy. And then we, we just added in a slew of postnatal classes and baby and me classes. Okay. We also have a growing number of partner classes and we have a monthly partner workshop, a yoga date that we have. And so everything that's here is around movement with birth, with pregnancy in preparation for birth. So what is your background? Like, how did you get into this? Did you see yourself being a yoga teacher specifically for pregnant moms or how did it happen? Well, the way it happened is <laughs> I had my first son and I took pregnancy yoga classes super regularly with him. Were you into that at that point? Or I wasn't into it before that. Like I was going once every couple months. It was like yoga, you know, maybe I'll do that, you know, but once I got pregnant, I felt like this was for the baby. So that discipline of going three or four times a week, I felt like it was for him. And then in that journey, it was also for me. It was obviously for me. Now, when you say for him, what does that mean? Like, what well, did you? I think the, the thing that drew me to it was I knew that moving my body and doing breath work and meditation would put me in the right headspace to have at that time my goal was to have as you know I was I was planning for a birth center birth with midwives so I knew it would be unmedicated so I was looking for tools to be able to manage that process and yoga was like a no-brainer to me it was like oh yeah this is it and I found an amazing class um, this was like 
18 years ago. And I fell in love with it so much that when I had my baby, I would bring him with me and volunteer at the studio and take him with me to classes. I just, I couldn't get enough of it because now I could see the benefits for myself. So you went from going once every couple months to it was a regular thing during pregnancy and then after. Yes, yes. And so that kind of sparked my journey because I was there. I think the studio noticed that, you know, commitment on my part. And so I had an opportunity to meet a really amazing teacher who was there visiting. And she walked in the door, saw me. There's very few black yoga teachers in our community, especially back then. And, you know, it's still not enough representation. And so um, when we saw each other, we were just like overjoyed. And she was like, what are you doing? You know, like, what else are you doing? Like, are you teaching? Are you thinking about teaching? Because clearly this is a calling, some type of a calling for you. And I hadn't looked at it that way and no one had ever sort of presented it to me in that way. So her name is Krishna Carr. And she spearheaded, you know, my journey. She, she you know, she kind of like poked her arm in mine and said, all right, kid, we're going to do this. Okay. Like, we're going to get you trained. And, and, sh- and she, you know, she made it happen. I showed up and she made it happen. And this was how long <laughs> after you being at Six the other? Six months. My, my little baby was six months old. Oh, wow. So it was right after. Right after. With you volunteering and everything, then she was noticing. That was pretty quick. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty quick. It was pretty quick. And it wasn't, you had asked a question, like, d- could I have foreseen myself doing this? And I didn't. Like, I, I actually had um, a partner at the time, previous partner, that said to me, you should never try to pursue yoga teaching because you're too nice like you'll 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 never come home you'll just be after class for hours never knowing when it's it's too much you know like to cut sort of put that boundary in place um and what do you think about that that would make you happy right i think that if you're passionate about something and you want to be there and it's not taking away from like you're you're not giving out so much that you're depleting yourself, then there's nothing wrong with that. But the irony in that is that I have had to learn and I've learned over the years proper boundaries. Hmm. <laughs> Once you have a family of your own, I wanna be able to be with my kids and be the mother with my kids that I try to encourage that and spark that in, in my students. So that was 18 years ago. Yes. So you had your son at that time. Yes. Said. So how many kids do you have now? I have two boys. Okay. And I have a five-year-old. Okay. So I did it all again. <laughs> 13 years later. 13 years later. <laughs> and um, with him, it was a very, you know, each child, I feel like there's a, a growth, you know, that happens. And my first son gave me my path as a pregnancy yoga uh, teacher and also just a birth worker in general. And then my second son, I feel like I realized with him that I needed, there was a lot of self-care that I wasn't giving to myself. There was, I had to, it was almost like I rebirthed myself again, you know, with him. The yoga, my yoga practice evolved into something different because it had to. I have been on this journey 
for the past five years since I've had him of healing for myself in places that I didn't realize that I thought were like, I thought like I'm done with that part. Like I, I've grown past that and it all kind of came up again. And so it's been, it's been amazing. It's been amazing. So your mentor Krishna encouraged you and then how long after that were you certified teaching all of that I'm just trying to trace you from that point to when you did have your five-year-old because I'm guessing when you had your five-year-old you were then established oh yeah yeah I was um I started teaching probably from the moment I met her I would say maybe it was two months later it was pretty fast Mm -hmm. and if you anybody that knows this woman she's been teaching for like I think 40 years now or more and where does she teach she teaches all over the world actually yeah she is um, locally based in LA but she travels to Ghana to Africa to Brazil to all types of countries all over the world teaching her passion is to youth Okay. So when I started teaching and working with her, I was working with um, underserved youth, you know, all over Los Angeles. A large amount of those um, students were also pregnant. So there was that kind of intersection. And that's where her passion lies. So she trains teachers and specifically, you know, provides um, work for youth. So you can ask for a better mentor, it sounds like. Right, right. So it was definitely one of those like, you know, in the right place at the right time. Meant to be. Meant to be. Okay, so from there, what type of clients were you serving or who was your clientele? Well, that's a great question. From Because when you think of yoga, well, you don't think us. Right. And we do, it is a great way to, how you said, kind of transform your, not only your body, but your mind. And so who were you serving? Well, that's a, I mean, I, I, I sort of started, I think a lot of people start broad and then they niche down. I wasn't, was rare in that I started in a niche and I didn't know it at the time, but I started with pregnant, you know, families and then with youth. And then in particular, I was working with, we started out, I was in a, my first class was in a juvenile detention center. Wow. And so, and there were pregnant girls, you know, in the center. And the training that I did with Krishna was around teaching pregnancy yoga to the general population. And then also, uh, you know, her program targets underserved youth and specifically all over like it the population that I started in was in juvenile detention centers but then we were also in Watts we were in um, South Central Um, I've been in a lot of the neighborhoods different neighborhoods in Los Angeles where it would primarily be teenage girls but a lot of times teenage boys and girls Um, All different types of dynamics Um, in that particular setting with juvenile detention centers. It was gang, you know, they were gang members in the classes. But what I discovered in there was that the teacher sets the vibration and the teacher sets the tone. But I also learned that in those environments, if you come in with the idea in mind that you're going to learn from them, it opens up to so much possibility because I think everyone that's coming in there is coming in with this mindset of like, I want, I need to fix you or I need to give you something. Mm. And so I was, I was just curious. 
I was more, I more, came in more of a pl- from a place of curiosity and compassion. I had so much compassion, you know, especially for the pregnant girls. And the one rule that we had in the class was that whatever affiliations you have outside of here, they don't exist. When, once we come onto our mats, this is what we're here for. So, so that was the one rule, but outside of that, and are the girls there because they have to be, or they? How did they come to find you? They had a genuine interest in yoga during their pregnancy. Well, I think that when you find yourself in those situations, I don't think you you realize your default is no. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to do anything new. I don't need your help. There is a buffer of armor that's there, and so every new student that I would have there would be they'd be armored up when so they first came. So that's what I'm came. asking like did they come to you because they had to or what were because the circumstances? They, they, so this was so the circumstance was that this was a part of their schedule and so there was no like you get to go do this but you do get to misbehave and then be taken out of the class. Oh I see. But what would most I did I, I prided myself in not losing a lot of girls you know, to that, because they would come in armored up and then they would realize, wait a minute, this person is actually being kind. This teacher is here. Right. Not as a, right as you said, someone who's trying to change me, um, right. but someone who can. And also they, they, you know, like in that environment, you're, there's a lot of structure and, you know, there's a lot of just sort of talking, not talking at you. And no, and, and there wasn't a lot of, like, um, warmth. And so I think that they could feel that in the class. And, and then they would just, that would keep them like, well, maybe I'll come back next week. And then after a couple of sessions, and once they saw that I was coming, like, well, let's see if she's going to keep coming. Mm. And then I, I, was, I was there for probably a year and a half before I moved on to some other area of work within that same population, but maybe not in the detention centers. So they, you know, they, they realize like she's gonna be here and every time I leave this class, I feel good. So then they would show up, they, were, they, want, they, they came because they had to initially and then they came because they wanted to. And, and did girls in the class realize because detention center or not, right? When you're going through pregnancy, whatever your situation is, it has to be calm. It has to be right. free of stress because you're carrying this baby, you know, right. and you're in during the nine months of growth, you have to keep things at a certain level of peace. So I could only imagine, you know, in that surrounding, I would know that it would be beneficial. Right. And did they realize that coming in and being there, like how you even said you were conscious and taking yoga to be able to prepare Right. For the pain portion of your labor. But there's so much more in between, you know, the growth portion of it. We'll get to that. But like, right. what are people getting out of it? We can even get into that here. Yeah. So overall, when women come in, what is it for? And what are the benefits? Yeah, I think that when you're in situ, when you find yourself in a situation like that, you're in survival mode. So because you're in survival mode, like there's not a whole lot of like, it's hard to think about the baby mm-hmm. outside of you. You know, like you're just, you're trying to survive for yourself. So I think that it would happen by default, not maybe intentionally or not even consciously. I don't know that they were like, 
I'm doing this for my baby. But I think that out of being in the class, their nervous system got to reset. They could go into Shavasana because in the, you know, with any class, it's all about Shavasana, you know, and what is that for those of us who don't know? Right, right. Good question. Right. (laughs) So it's the magic. It's where all the magic happens in a yoga class. Like you are moving, you're breathing, you're organizing yourself throughout the hour long or hour and 15 minute class that you're taking so that you can get to a place that you can lay down on your mat and deeply rest. And it's in that moment, you know, it could be three minutes, it could be five minutes. Ideally, it's 10, 15 minutes, a nice long shavasana, where you you kind of wake up, you're coming out of it, and you went somewhere. Like your consciousness just dispersed, and suddenly you're not tied to this body, but you're like connected to like everything else that you are. But on a physical level, your nervous system resets, it relaxes, deeply lets go. So all that tension we walk around holding, you know, the stress that's locked in, whether it's the shoulders, the hips, the belly, the throat, like you can't hold that in in relaxation. So any class you go to, a teacher will say, you know, this is the most important part of the class. Whether or not you perfected a pose or not doesn't matter as long as at the end, you let go. The irony is that in a lot of yoga classes, you know, I go take class sometimes and, and I'm always a little bit stunned when I see students rolling up their mats right after the practice before Shavasana and bolting out of the room. They've got, they're on a time crunch, they have to get somewhere, but it's almost better for them to stop their practice 10 minutes before and just do Shavasana by themselves while everyone else is moving than to miss that golden nugget it's like your body just doesn't get it then there's no purpose in even taking the class why you didn't you you didn't get the the best part of the class mm-hmm. and in your head like in a lot of a lot of sort of modern there's nothing wrong with modern practice there's nothing wrong with the trendy yogas that are going around but you just have to remember that wait a minute this part of it is the part that I really need, that I really actually am transformed from when I come out. And so that piece of it, if you come out of that, you can't come out of that and not connect to your baby, not, not realize that there's something valuable to your life, that you matter, that you don't have to think about all the stressors that you have in your life you don't have to remember, you know, that you're trying to survive, that the struggle, the you you come out of it and suddenly like every, we're all one, you know. So it's so that piece of it, I think, would wake them up to the fact that, wait, I have a baby and it's growing. And oh, my God, it's beautiful. And I'm beautiful. You know, like those and they would cry. I was going to say, did they you see that actual change in class? Was it like tangible? Oh, Yes. Mm. Oh, yes. And oh, boy, would I cry. I could not help it because you're just like, wow, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And these are all teenage girls. Teenage girls. Mm. Yeah. The places that I would, you know, Camp Scott is one of the names I can remember. I think it's like Valencia area. And I remember my baby at the time was almost a year. He was still breastfeeding. 
and my girlfriend, who's going to be here today for class, we had just become friends, and she had a son who was a day apart from mine. <laughs> yes, and now 18 years later, you know, we're still really close. And so she drove with me to that class so that I could breastfeed my baby before I went into the class, teach my class for an hour, and come out and be there for my baby because it was so far away that I couldn't That's be that far friend. away. Yeah, That's the best friend. <laughs> So does every class have Shavasana? No. So Shavasana is a, it's deep relaxation pose. It's an actual pose. It's an actual pose. And what it entails is you lying flat on your back, on your mat, or with your knees bent. Sometimes we have low back issues where if your legs are stretched out, especially you know, um, for women that either carry a lot of weight in their, in their buttocks, it's going to make it so your butt, your um, back is not as supported. So you'll need to bend your knees. And it's, it's, a, it's a pose that you go into to experience deep rest. In that deep rest, your nervous system relaxes, resets. The tension that we all walk around with, all of us hold tension somewhere. So some of us, it's in our shoulders and our neck. Others, it's in the belly. Others, it's in the hips. We don't even realize that we're holding until we suddenly are unburdened with that tension. And then that's what people come out of it and they experience the bliss of being in yoga. Because they never felt that before. Right. So you don't even, you don't real, you don't have the comparison. Mm -hmm. So you just are like, this is, you're tense all the time. And exactly whatever the feeling is. It's like when you, it's like when people who have never worn glasses. (laughs) Right. And then they finally get those glasses and it's like, it's a whole new world. Exactly. And that, that is not specific to pregnancy. That's, that's not specific to pregnancy. It's specific to a good, healthy yoga practice. You know, I think one of the best gifts you can give yourself as a student of yoga is to understand how to take care of yourself in any class so that you're not putting, you know, the responsibility of shavasana on the teacher or the class. Um, If you know you're going to an hour-long lunchtime yoga class that has a format of, you know, maybe it's a cardio or power yoga or maybe it's a yoga style that doesn't necessarily include Shavasana in it because they know that the general group that's coming is trying to fit a lot into one hour. It's then your responsibility to give yourself that time. Three minutes is the minimum. Five minutes is fantastic. Ten minutes is incredible. So, Okay. So what does moms at OM stand for? It sounds like something special. It sounds like something that there's more to the name. Yes. So moms at OM, OM is, it's a sound. It's an ancient sound in Sanskrit. It, um, there's some that believe that it's the sound that echoes out in space in the universe. So when I named the studio moms at OM, the idea was we're all in every capacity, We are mothers that are trying to, that are seeking, that are striving, that are practicing for OM, for connection, um, for something beyond ourselves. So that was the thought. 
you know, in the name is that in the name you're you're actually saying like what it is that you're trying to bring, like what what you're trying to bring more of into your life. Balance, peace, serenity, connection. And OM is is that used in the classroom? Yes. We open not, you know, we have um, a variety of teachers in the studio. So every teacher teaches to their comfort, to their strength. So there isn't, you know, an explicit, like, it has to be this way or that way. It's more about each teacher has something that sparks joy for them in their teaching that they're really super interested in. And so I love for them to bring that into the class. So some of our classes, we open with OM. I, in particular, that is a connection for me, that sound, that vibration. So we open in my classes every class with OM. And there's other teachers here that it's not the same. They may have a breath technique that they do in every class. They may play the singing bowl in every class. Um, Every teacher has some tool um, for connection. And so it doesn't have to literally embody OM. Okay. What, and let's talk about your clients. Mm -hmm. So what are women looking for when they come here? What stage are they in of pregnancy? You said that it's sometimes prenatal. Yeah. So people find me here either through yoga or through doula work. I've been teaching pregnancy yoga now for about 18 years to different populations all over Los Angeles. And then about seven, seven years ago, I became a doula. So I added that into the work. And so people come here, sometimes they're finding me through word of mouth for doula support. So I provide doula coaching, what I call doula coaching in the sense that we are not, I'm not just sort of showing up at someone's birth at the end and I'm another stranger in the room, but we spend a lot of time in classes, either yoga, private yoga sessions or private birth prep sessions, and we really build relationships. So a person that finds me is usually seeking that. They want a deeper experience. They want to find a a stronger connection to the transformative side of birth for themselves and also for their partner. A lot of my doula clients are also my prenatal students, um, though sometimes that's not the case. And I find that what drew me into doula work actually was my students asking again and again for me to attend their birth. And after you had been with them all those months for yoga, been with them for all those months for yoga. Exactly. (laughs) And um, my first son is from a previous relationship that didn't work out. So I was a single mom for about nine years. And when people would ask me to be their doula, I, I would go, I'm so sorry. Like, I don't have anyone to take care of my son. He was also very, very young. Mm. And so I, that was a part of why I never got into it before, though I had a really great friend who kept telling me, you need to get into this. You need to get into this. And um, I would respect doulas. I brought doulas to the classroom to talk to my students. But for the longest, it was a strong no. And then once I got married and met my partner and my son grew up, I didn't have an excuse anymore. So I had to start asking myself, like, well, what, what is it? Why are you still no? Like, mm-hmm. what is it about this? That's, 
and I think I realized that it was fear. And you were still teaching. I was still teaching. You just needed. Just all, you know, all the, all the different studios I've taught at, you know, um, primarily in the Los Angeles region. And I, at some point, I had a client who inspired me. Like, she said, listen, I want you to be at my birth. And I, I don't care if you never do a training. <laughs> <laughs> and so something about her saying that made me say like maybe I should just do the training like because I'm first of all I'm like I'm not showing up at your birth and not having done a training so no <laughs> but I, but I am going to do the training so I did oh good and I literally hit the ground running like it was like one of those on the job training <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly and how and- was that well, once I realized, once I went to a couple births, I mean, my first birth was kind of intense. It was a long birth. Um, it was about three days. And it was, I actually left it wondering, like, am I doing the right thing? You know, because it was the first one and it was probably the hardest one just time-wise on, on me that I had for that year. And so I wasn't sure what to expect after that. But then after that, I very quickly realized, wow, all the work that I do in preparation in the yoga room with breathing, with movement, with holding the space, it's really the same with my clients. And so I kind of was laughing at myself that I hadn't done it sooner because I was like, it's really the same. Because damn fear. (laughs) Damn you fear. Fear Fear kills more dreams. Oh, man. Yeah. Or postpones them anyway. Right. Right. And then someone said to me the other day, they said, you know, things always happen at the right time. Mm -hmm. You know, that too. And so I, I was lucky to have a partner that was like super supportive and able to be there especially once I had I, I became a doula before I had my second son but I continued doula work after he was born and I wouldn't have been able to do that if I didn't have a partner mm, okay so, so I the have timing to give him right. the timing was right and you you really with birth anybody in in the birth world knows that like you have to have community it's just in motherhood you know, that's one of the things that I'm constantly trying to create in my studio for moms and then also encouraging them along that path of finding their community, finding all of the women that are going to be like their little tribe that are going to support them through the process. Um, and you need that as a, as a birth worker as well. You yeah. need you need that, that fuel. You need that place, the sisters to be able to call out to and say, hey, like, you know, I might you know, I might need you to step in as backup or um, do you need me to step in as backup? You know, like there's there's so much backing up of each other. And, and a lot of times, you know, all of us have high attendance rates, you know, like we we show up for our births, but there'll be all types of things in the background going on that you just need to know that okay, if I go on this hike with my family today or if I go to my goddaughter's graduation, can you cover me for this set of time, right. you know, while I'm there? The baby's wait. So nothing might come of that. But you're always putting those sort of buffers around life so that, you know, you're actually living, you know, your life as well as you're able to provide support for others. Let's talk about what is the benefit, the primary benefit yes. of yoga and why you do this. Yes. Yoga, especially pregnancy yoga, I think 
it puts you into one mindset. So the students that I have that come into the studio, you know, we live in a busy city, a big city. And I think that it's one place where they can come and not be made fun of, be told that, you know, all the things that we say that are not appropriate to pregnant women, they're being respected and honored when they come into the space. They can celebrate their pregnancy. And then we're doing movements specifically to help common pregnancy ailments like lower back pain and upper back pain and middle back pain and hip pain from sleeping on your side, you know, for, you know, months at a time. I have students that come in the beginning and feel like they're low energy. And, you know, we might, every, before every class, we do a check-in and, and we see where everyone is, how is everyone feeling, what's going on in their bodies, how far along they are. So they sort, you know, each class, and this is every class with every teacher, we're getting that information to then be able to craft the class for them and then to offer tools. So, you know, I had one student that came in and she was like, I'm so tired, like all the time, I'm just overly fatigued. And... I asked her if um, she had, you know, embraced that when she gets tired in the middle of the day, it's okay to like take a five minute power nap or a 10 minute power nap. You know, even if you're at work, you can, you know, put your head down on your desk, you can go in your car for a few minutes. And she was like, oh, I don't know if that's going to help, you know. So it was just something I offered out and it doesn't, there's no attachment. Maybe it works for you, maybe it doesn't. She came back the next week, vibrant. First of all, like she felt great after every yoga class and it started to give her more energy. And then she also started to do those naps. And she said, I can't believe how much of a difference that made just adding that little nap in. And so this what And you're pregnant. Work will understand. Exactly. Work you're growing work a human. Will understand. <laughs> and a lot of times though, women are hiding that they're pregnant. Mm. You know, because they feel like they have to. And so more stress, more stress. And so, again, like when they come to this space, they don't have to hide that they're pregnant. They get to be pregnant. They get to talk about what it is that, you know, maybe it's a physical issue like I just described or maybe it's emotional. I've had students that I could tell, you know, just in our conversation and then watching them through class, they might have had lots of tears and lots of hormones are happening. So there are lots of tears. But sometimes you'll meet a student where you'll feel a level of anxiety that you know is a little beyond what is expected. And it's good to be in a space where, one, that's embraced, and then, two, like, I can offer them tools. I can recommend them to go see a therapist or go into a prenatal therapy group. You know, something sometimes, sometimes women need support beyond the yoga practice. And so um, I'm a huge advocate for mental health. I have a mother that was mentally ill that I lost a little over a year ago. I'm sorry. And um, so it's become like a real passion of mine to uh, incorporate mental health and wellness with a yoga practice. It's not just about, you know, if you come and do postures and breathing that you'll just sort of yoga the mental health issue away. You know, I think that it's important to address, address, you know, it's valuable, both pieces of it. Mm -hmm. And what are the tools that you teach through yoga? 
Because when you talk about breathing or yes. what specifically are like the main takeaways? I think when you say the main takeaways, like well, what when you say I teach them tools, or I teach techniques. Yes. Like what are those? It might be surpri- surprising to find out how many of us don't know how to breathe deeply. So we walk around with a lot of, you know, chest breathing, like where you're sort of breathing from that place of like stress. It's almost like we don't realize the expansiveness of our diaphragms and the depth of how low we can move our breath into our pelvis, into our low belly and our low back. And when you've for years been breathing very constricted and then you come into pregnancy and your baby is actually growing up and into your air sacs, one of the biggest gifts you can give yourself is discovering how to breathe, how to find a position, whether it's horizontal, hands and knees, or horizontal on your side. We will play around with, in class, different positions and different types of breathing. Because not everybody can do an inhale through their nose and an exhale through their nose, which is the traditional yogic breath. Like Sometimes that can create anxiety when you try to breathe in that way and you just don't have the capacity for it yet. So having the permission to breathe through your nose and then out through your mouth. Sometimes it'll free people up where, oh, that's a that gives me some relief. That that gives me space. And in that sort of um modified breath, you start to expand your air sacs, stretch a little bit further into your diaphragm, release some of those blocks. So that then eventually you get to where you can breathe in through your nose and out through your nose. And so we, we, there's a lot in our classes, a lot of focus around just proper breathing, deep breathing. We have, we just added a class this year called Restoratives at Home, which is incorporating a larger amount, there's a larger time slot for breathing. And the positions that we're in in that class are more restorative. And it's to address a need that I feel that I've sensed in just the general population, and especially with pregnant women, to just be able to reset the nervous system. So it's like having a class that's like designed for Shavasana, like having a longer Shavasana at the end, a class where you don't have to effort as much because you effort in so many other areas of your life. And so I'm excited about that class and about giving partners are invited to come to that class as well. So having partners and mamas be able to work together on the breath work. Do you find partners are big participants? It depends. It depends. You know, I think that Because it's almost like teaching, you know, when you take your regular birthing classes. Right. Right. Partners or husbands, spouses, they participate a lot in those. But do you find that they come to the yoga? Well, I think that. Or is it more for the moms? It's for both. For sure. It's It's for both. And I think that. It does depend on where that per- where where that relationship is and where they are individually. So there are some partners that are already into yoga, so it's like, oh, of course we want to do a birth prep that incorporates yoga in it or to come to a class together that is all about breathing or movement. 
it's something that they're familiar with. So those I do have those couples that are seeking it and, and they're already doing it. But I think when it's a new partner that maybe has never done yoga before or breathing techniques, they might be a little skeptical at first, but I'm always overjoyed when I have somebody like that that's new and then they afterwards they're like can I take this again like is there something else like this is there a class for dads yeah you know as there should be right <laughs> right but maybe that could be your next class right that's a, I mean it's 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 there floating around <laughs> so breathing that's one aspect do you have other things specifically that you find beneficial yes I think definitely the movement, you know, just the thing that is a gift for yoga is just organizing yourself and organizing your body in this way on your mat. It's very, it, it's very grounding and it's, it regulates your emotions in a way that um, I think we all need. We have, for prenatal, our goal in every class is to build strength and stretch. So we're trying to incorporate those two specifically, you know, hip strength, um, pelvic floor strength, and stretching. So do people come to you saying, I'm planning to get pregnant? Is there a specific like prenatal class? Or these are women that are already involved with yoga? I have had women come in off the street that are trying to get pregnant that I work with. I've worked with privately. And we do, there's a whole sort of different set of classes that I would do for somebody that was preparing for pregnancy. And does that help too? That's Absolutely. A good, that's and then a- I've ended up supporting them, if, you know, then they get pregnant, mm-hmm. we're doing pregnancy yoga, and then I'm at their birth. So it becomes this whole, you know, amazing journey that I think it's important to distinguish that in the pregnancy you're doing, you're trying to open but you're also strengthening to be able to support the growth of your baby and that weight that it's bearing on your hips and on your pelvic floor. And then once you have the baby, it's all about closing the bones. So it's about building more strength and bringing the hips back together, bringing the core back together, toning the pelvic floor, and definitely utilizing a women's physical therapist, you know, utilizing all of your sort of external providers, which I think is a huge, we're in a huge deficit with that. Like people just don't even know what a physical therapist is and that there are physical therapists that specialize in pregnancy. you think of a physical therapist and you think, oh, that's when I get hurt. You know, that's right. the only time you would use such a thing. It's not like to your benefit and to take a proactive approach. Right. But then with birth, you just grew a small human and your organs got displaced and you had a birth that you tore a little bit and you're still, you know, like you you might've had a baby through belly, you know, and had a C-section, which is how my second birth went. So I had both birth experiences, vaginal with midwives in the first and then a C-section in the second. So that's two very different recoveries. And it's one of the reasons why it's really important to me to have you know this this level of commitment to your movement in the pregnancy and then also having the right exercises in the postpartum so in our postnatal classes we are able to support moms that have all of these different issues in a way that they wouldn't find in a general class you know people ask me all the time like could if you're pregnant can you go to 
or should you go, you know, to a regular class? And it's really individual. You know, if you've been going to... Meaning you should you go when you're pregnant to a regular yoga class? Regular yoga class. I wouldn't advise anyone to start a new yoga practice when they're pregnant to start one that's not a pregnancy yoga class. But if you have been taking classes with the same teacher for 20 years or even two years and you feel really confident in your practice and you trust your teacher, then you might feel comfortable being the one person in the room that's pregnant and staying with that practice. What happens for a lot of us, including myself, is that once you get pregnant, you discover, wait a minute, like I can't, I'm just not able to do these poses in the same way. This routine doesn't work for my body. My body's changing. And you also want to, you know, you, you start to become conscious of yourself. Like if everyone else is not pregnant and you are, and I think it's cute for a while. And then after a while, you don't want to be center stage every time you walk in a room. Right. <laughs> right. So, so okay. yeah. And then you mentioned a little bit about meditation. Is that incorporated into your classes or is that something totally separate? Well, there's different types of meditation. So there is, you know, breathing meditation. There is when you get into, there's a meditative quality to moving and synchronizing your breath with movement. So those are things that organically will happen in a class. Um, We do a lot of us spend a specific amount of time doing breathing techniques in class, about five you know, to 10 minutes. We, in Shavasana, that's a, a form of meditation, you know, that long you know, extended period at the end. And we also have you know, singing bowls, so like tools, like guided imagery, guided meditation. So there are forms of meditation that we include in the class. What we're hoping is that people will take the seeds that we're offering them and then go on their own and do more. Yeah. Was there anything else that is important to the pregnancy workout, if you will, like takes place in class? So you have your breathing techniques, you have movement. Right. Is there anything else that's essential? I think consistency would be the only thing I would add to that is, you know, committing to yourself showing up two or three times a week and not letting it be this thing that's sandwiched in your life that you're rushing in traffic to get to and then as soon as it's over you're rolling your mat up bolting out of the room you see you barely have a have a chance to actually be present in what you're doing I think that you know committing to being present and showing up for yourself and for your baby that would be the thing I'd add And then do you notice anything specific to the baby that has made a difference? Like how does it, other than, you know, obviously calming you down, Mm -hmm. um, what have people in your experience or even yourself noticed in the baby? Well, your baby is literally a sponge. And we know this with small children from birth up until I think some say seven years old, they're soaking up and being imprinted by everything in their environment. So as an infant, a baby growing inside of you, whatever you're, however you're breathing, however you're moving or not moving, the level of stress that you're carrying around, your baby is soaking all of that tension up as well. So that was the first thing that I learned in my first pregnancy and what made me go to yoga three or four times a week was that I realized how important it was 
how I was influencing this growing little person inside of me and that if I showed up for myself, then I would be showing up for them better. And literally that echoes all throughout motherhood. You realize you have to put your oxygen mask on first, that you, that you're the best thing you can do is not tell your child, oh, you need to do this, you need to do that, is show them because they're looking at everything you're doing. And it's like, you know, like that's how, that's how they're organizing themselves is around how you're talking to them, how, what level of stress, what levels of stress are you carrying? And you, you look up and you're, you're looking into a mirror. You're like, oh, they're doing all the things. <laughs> good and bad. Right. Right. Good and so bad. So make it good. <laughs> <laughs> as much as you can. We're human. Right. Absolutely. And so, it's important for them to see that too. Right. Right. So, okay. Well, I've really enjoyed talking to you. I've enjoyed talking to you too. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> so classes are here from when to when? Like, what are your hours? When um, are you open? We are here every day. We're open every day of the week. We have morning classes, 9.30 a.m., 10 a.m. We have an afternoon class at 12.30. We have evening classes, 6.15 p.m. after work. Saturday and Sunday morning classes at 9 a.m. We've got prenatal and postnatal on the schedule every day. We have several baby and me yoga classes. I was going to say, do people bring their babies? Mm -hmm. There's like maybe four times a week baby and me yoga here now. We have birth prep every month, yoga dates with partners every month. We have one coming up for Valentine's Day that we're really excited about. Nice. And yeah, so all of that live schedule is up on our website. Descriptions of classes are up on our website. And the website is momsatom.la, M-O-M-S-A-T-O-M.la, 12112 West Washington Boulevard in L.A. And again, we want to thank Kaya and Kanoki yes. for coming on. And we wish you, after a year and a half, the best of luck. Thank That's you exciting. so much. We hope to see more of you in the future. Thank you. All thank right. you. See you later, Mommy.